and we are recording, and I have enough disk space now, so we're awesome. I have batteries, and I have I have file space. So sorry for all of the technical difficulties today, you guys. I... Coming to you from Minneapolis, Minnesota. A conversation about the great and sometimes not so great outdoors. I'm your host, Lynn Melling. And I'm Jody Gruen. And we do this for fun. Hey, it's Lynn. And it's Jody. We are here at our favorite place, the Trailhead. It is a beautiful fall evening. You are likely hearing a lot of um, people out here enjoying this, the beautiful evening. Mill, Mill Valley Market is right around the corner. So just yet another plug for the Trailhead at Theaterworth Park. Come check it out. All the trails that are around us, it's beautiful. You got to be here if you haven't been here yet. You got to get here. And when this airs... There's still time because guess what? It's open all year round. It is. Bring your booties. Yep. Yep. Get out here. Um, all right. So today we have a very special guest. Um, her name is Veronica Haralambides. Well done. Yes. Thank you. I had to work on that one. Um, it's beautiful and it's Greek. I understand. Um, Veronica lives in Minnesota but is originally from Argentina. Buenos Aires, to be exact. Do you like that, too? My little... Perfect. All right. Good, good, good. Um, She, um, but she, so, but she was from Buenos Aires, people, and she lives in Minnesota. So that's got to be a part of this conversation. Um, She's an avid outdoors woman who's got it dialed in. Um, The love is so deep that her career is also steeped in the outdoors. As a marketing consultant for the Department of Natural Resources, we've got lots and lots to learn from this woman. Veronica, welcome to We Do This For Fun. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here with you at the Trailhead. Like you said, an amazing place. Spending time outdoors. Yes, yes. Well, it's, it's so nice to meet you. I've, yeah, Jody's talked about you, and I've been so excited to talk to you because, well, I mean, a lot of reasons, but let's start with the obvious. So you are from Argentina. You now live in Minnesota. This podcast is called We Do This For Fun. So um, which place is more fun for you? Not to make you choose sides, but would love to know. And in which place do you have more fun? Oh, that's a really hard question. Oh. You can't ask me that. <laughs> I feel like my answer would be your home, your birthplace. No, the <laughs> different types of fun. Ah, sure. Okay. okay, yeah. All the outdoor fun is here in Minnesota. That's the reason I stayed. I came here, hmm, it's going to be about 22 years very soon. And I fell in, I came only for a couple of years just sure. for the experience and the adventure of it all. And the adventure has lasted wow. all those years, and I fell in love with the with the outdoors, and and that is, that is so much fun. And I think the things I used to do for fun in Buenos Aires, I wouldn't do anymore. Oh, really? Uh, what were those? Yeah. Well, going out late to see uh, the midnight movie. Oh. I don't think I can stay up till after nine <laughs> yeah, no, anymore. So yeah, Same. going out at at midnight is not really uh, in the plans anymore. What else? Yeah, being out and about in the city. I guess sometimes I do miss that. You know, the buzz of the city and uh, everything that that's going on mm-hmm. in a city all day long. You know, people at the bus stop and the bus stop 
packed at 3 a.m. Yeah. It was great when I was in my 20s. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now, it was and, fun. And now you live in this winterscape half of the year when people are fast asleep at 3 a.m., bundled up and cold. But you like being outside all year round. That's right. You've embraced winter. How have you made that transition? Well, uh, it wasn't. Let me think about that. Yeah, so I, I fell in love with, like I said, the access to nature. Okay. Because in a big city, you don't have that. I, you know, I'd, I'd go out in nature maybe a couple of times a year. And this is actually an interesting perspective. And I'm getting into it, you'll see. Uh, so, you know, we'd go to the beach in the summer. But that was a packed beach, not like a Boundary Waters beach where sure. I like going now and where my kids are growing up. Uh, and there were there was infrastructure. Basically, at a beach in Buenos Aires, you'd have uh, they're private, uh, so you have a building, and then you get to rent a tent to have a right to be at that beach. Oh, uh, yeah, it's it's huh. very different. Uh, huh. At least in Buenos Aires, where I would go to the beach, there are some other places I think further south where it's a little different. But for the most part, that's that's what I my beach growing up was like right and then uh in the winter maybe we'd go to the mountains but not the snowy mountains just uh some uh lower hills in the center of the country and but we were in a resort so that was mainly uh a different type of it it wasn't really outdoors life you know we'd do a hike or two Mm -hmm. and that was you know the most outdoors uh or nature i'd get uh, my only camping experience as a child was a field trip with school where uh, they set up those old style triangle tents uh, in somebody's uh, backyard. It was like, <laughs> yeah, it was, you know, their, their weekend ranch house. Uh-huh. Uh, so there was you know, a lot of land around us, but we were right by the house. We could use the bathroom there. Someone mm-hmm. would make the food in there. Huh. It wasn't really what we would call camping here. But, and here's the, the big difference. I always thought for many, many years that I became outdoorsy here. And more recently, I realized I was always outdoors. It was just different. It wasn't the way we define the outdoors here in my profession and, you know, just in our everyday life. Uh, My favorite memory growing up from being a child was riding a bike for the first time when I was three. Uh, And I never stopped. I was always riding a bike. But I wasn't riding on trails. I wasn't mountain biking. I was riding in the city amongst, you know, the buses and cars and... Uh, same thing, you know, for running. I, I always run outside, but it was running around some avenues. Mm-hmm. And the purpose actually wasn't to be outside. It was to, to be skinny, you know, for, <laughs> for yeah, the pressure of yeah. you know, that American culture mm-hmm. that you have to be a size zero mm-hmm. all the time, uh, no matter your body type. Uh, so, that, you know, I, I was always outdoors, just not in nature. Mm-hmm. Like the perspective of nature was something kind of foreign uh, huh. to me. And, and I wasn't ever thinking of myself as an outdoorsy or nature person because I, I wasn't doing things the way we do things here. I didn't even wear a helmet for biking until I moved here. <laughs> and didn't even know what a kid was uh, huh. for, for biking, right? Huh. Yeah. Wow. I love that. So biking sounds like it's has a very special place in your heart. Can you tell us how you use bikes kind of here in the Twin Cities area? Yes, Uh, so I like biking as a means of transportation. Uh, And that's how I started biking, just to get places. To me, 
biking is freedom. Sounds like mm. such a cliche, right? But a bike uh, helps you get from point A to point B when you don't even have a license yet. Well, one of Jody's transformational moments was learning that you could ride a bicycle oh, yes. as not something that you work out on that you can wear your regular clothes yes. and just yes. go bike through town. And so many of us, I think, attach the bicycle to, yeah, you have to be mountain biking. You have to be, you know, at these trails at Worth Park, they're great. Right. You, you know, I'm terrified to get on a mountain bike, but I like to street bike. So I think, um, you know, I, I love that your perspective is as a, it's a mode of transportation. The bicycle can be a lot of things to a lot of different people. Right, right. And I also like to use the bike for recreation, but that's not the whole point of the bike. Yeah. Another good thing uh, about bikes is that many times, I, I'm a mother of uh, two kids and I work full time, so life is pretty busy. And I might not have time to get outside mm -hmm. and to exercise unless I fit the biking into commuting or yeah, getting the kids from school, uh, you know, getting to the library with the kids. Now we're lucky because uh, our local library is closed. So the closest library is like seven miles away. So to take my kids to the library. <laughs> you get you know, 14 miles in, huh? That's a big incentive. Yeah. yeah. Well, as long as they get some books from the library, yes. I can drag them down there. So... I love that. I love that. But yeah, I, I completely agree. We need to normalize biking to make it more inviting. Mm -hmm. uh, I, for years, uh, like I said, I started biking when I was three and I never stopped. But for years here, I felt like an outsider in the bike world. I would never call myself a cyclist. I didn't dare because I wasn't wearing a kid. I didn't look all cool. I was just wearing my skirt until I, I realized that wearing my, my skirt and little sandals, I was passing all the guys on the kids. Ah. <laughs> I'm feeling so proud about it. And don't get me wrong. I'm not a big shot biker either. I'm just a regular mm -hmm. person, you know, who does it for fun. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> just like your podcast. Yes. But uh, I just feel that the community needs to be more inviting and not make such a big deal of biking. Yeah. I know. There's like rules. My husband was telling me like the way that you're supposed to wear your sunglasses with your helmet. Uh -huh. Like he tried one day he tried to have me like change the way my sunglasses <laughs> were on because I didn't look like a cyclist. And I was like, oh, <laughs> like not doing it, not yeah. doing it. But, you know, if we think about other cultures, I think that's the really interesting thing is we've created this culture all around, you know, performance mm -hmm. and having all this gear and having like a really nice bike and like, all the, you know, the right kit and shoes and all that kind of stuff. But you go to other places and people use their bikes to get around. They don't use cars as much. They get places more quickly because there are bike lanes and places um, uh, you can get to places that you can't get to, like, with a car, or it's going to take a lot longer right. to get by, you know, get somewhere by a car. What is your perspective kind of on the, the system here in Minneapolis with regards to bikes and transportation and the infrastructure that has been built here? I personally love it. I, uh, like I said, I've been here 22 years. When I first moved here, I, I was already impressed because, uh, well, you're pointing out in other places we might have more bike lanes. We did not in Buenos Aires at the time. They built them since, but I was biking in the middle of the uh, avenue. And actually, I didn't understand why here the trails were one way because to me, biking was freedom and I could just bike sure. anywhere. But it wasn't the safest thing to do, right? Not here, not in Buenos Aires. I always actually joke that I used to be a much faster rider when I was riding in the city because I had to stay alive with you know, the cars chasing <laughs> yeah. me. Uh, and here people are so respectful and we've come such a long way and there are so many protected trails and uh, ways to ride safely. 
Uh, yeah, well, so, yeah, what, so, you, so we've established that you like to bike. Um, what, yeah, what else do you love to do in the outdoors? Oh, uh, everything. <laughs> Anything and everything uh, to discover new places in Minnesota. I, I like to hike. Uh, I also love to mountain bike. I love to rock climb. Uh, again, that was something that totally blew my mind coming from a big city that's, you know, mostly flat. Uh, knowing that I could drive an hour and be climbing on a rock mm. wall. That's, yeah. that's just incredible. Oh, I love paddling too. Uh, a lot. Oh, <laughs> and if you can see her face too, she's like lighting up yes. as she keeps like catalog. Here's the catalog of all the things I do outside for fun. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and I, I, I just enjoy it so much, and I love being in nature. Uh, in in the, this way, as I was saying before, you know, we define it so different from uh, the way I did growing up, but mm -hmm. just gives me yeah, just so much joy to be outside, and even for running that I mentioned, I used to do in our. Argentina here I love trail running because I'm closer to nature and uh, and then of course you know being that this is Minnesota uh, with the long winters I had to uh, to continue my outdoor life uh, year-round mm -hmm. I had to pick up some winter sports so enter ice climbing uh, which I oh. haven't done since kids because uh, I love recreating outdoors with my kids so I tried to adjust uh, you know throughout their childhood i've been adjusting whatever activities we do uh so you know we can they can be included uh, and they they love being outside too and then you know there's winter camping and uh downhill skiing and cross-country skiing wait do you, wait, you, you I, go winter camping i was Did just I? i'm looking at lynn here like <laughs> i think she winter camps lynn <laughs> and I don't, I don't like winter camping. So, do you like you do it voluntarily? Absolutely, I, I love it. <laughs> Why? She should, maybe she and her family should go with your family without you. Yeah, I'll stay home. <laughs> Why do you love winter camping? Because it there's nobody else out there. Uh, That's true. true. There's no mosquitoes. True. <laughs> and I can cuddle in my sleeping bag and stay warm. And it you is can, good sleeping. Yes, I'll give you that. Sleeping. And the stars are mm. to die for. Oh. And I'm not a big stargazer, but when uh, you're in a park and nobody else is there with their lights or fires, and you can stick your head out the tent and you see just more stars than yeah. you've ever seen yeah. before. It's pretty magnificent. Uh, it's, I mean, that that's worth it just for it's, just for It's that. worth the yeah. <laughs> freezing and the, all the gear and all yeah. of the, there's just so much. Where yeah, does one winter camp? Uh, my favorite place is Itasca State Park. Oh. Uh, and it's funny, actually, I, I know it's a kind of a thing to go to the headwaters of the Mississippi for mm -hmm. Minnesotans. Uh, and I had never been until I went there in the winter. And my kids have only been there in the winter. Interesting. Uh, yeah, it's it's just amazing. Again, there's nobody else there. Yeah. Uh, the visitor center uh, is typically open, so... Uh, I want to say it's maybe a little lazy because then you can go get your your supplies there, and you know if need be you can you can use it as a warming house when you're skiing. But uh, but it's it's a good place to go with kids because you have a lot of amenities. Um, I like really um, good to know. Yeah. That's a really great Lake Mariah too. Uh, okay. we took our uh, two-year-old uh, at the time, now thirteen, uh, for. Uh, 
shakeout winter camping trip. So just in case we rented a cabin, They're, they have camper cabins. Oh, That's another way, by the okay, way. Yes. A lot of state parks have camper cabins. Yeah. Uh, and it's a little bit like winter camping. So it's a good way to ease into it. Uh, and so we had set up the tent. It was an unusually cold, uh, warm winter. So, uh, but she she had really enjoyed the cabin. Uh, she thought it was like the Three Bears cabin. Yeah, <laughs> we ended up going in it. Um, so that was that was fun. Oh, Wild River State Park. We spent uh, New Year's there. Uh, I guess good uh, winter camping places or parks are those that have good uh, winter trails for uh, cross country skiing. Mm. Okay. So I that that's a fun activity, right? When well, winter camping, just yeah. going out with your skis and. You have to have, trail. Yeah, you yeah. have to have something to do because otherwise it can get really long. <laughs> yes. Well, you sleep a lot and you eat a lot. You oh. need a lot of calories. And read a lot of books. Yes. That exactly. is that is nice. Yeah. Yep. Play games. Yep. Uh, yep. Yep. <laughs> That's amazing. So you, I mean, you clearly, I feel like you just have this library and head of state parks that you're talking about that you love. <laughs> do you have a favorite or are you not allowed to say? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, no, I I don't have a favorite. I really do like them all. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like the more rustic ones where there is um, maybe not as many amenities, mm-hmm. but that's, that's my personal preference. I know a lot of people prefer to have more amenities in general. Um, yeah. And when you say amenities, what do you mean for those that people who don't camp? Oh, yeah. I'm thinking uh, buildings and, you know, services. Uh, like flushable toilets versus <laughs> not flushable toilets. Correct. Or even, a, or even an outhouse or a pit toilet. Yeah. Because I used to define camping as if I could have a flushable toilet or an outhouse, and then my husband introduced me to camping in the Boundary Waters where there's a latrine. Right. So you've, <laughs> that, that's kind of how I measure my rustic camping is, is by, the, by the bathroom. Yeah. It's a yeah. bathroom with a view. Yeah. It's beautiful. Oh, it really is. <laughs> oh, yes, it is. It can't smell. Yeah, no and in the, the wintertime, there's no bugs. There so. You know. <laughs> so you're doing Boundary Waters? In the winter, no. then this Are year. Are you talking? Um, I did last year. Oh, that's right. Oh, um, wow. TBD on mm. this winter. Wow. We'll see. Huh? Yeah. See, that's my dream to work up to that to boundary waters in the winter. For now, you know, we're practicing making sure all our gear works. I think that's a good thing. Yes. Yeah, so I, I think it's good to baby step into it. So, so my husband spends a lot of time. Um, he covers the Iditarod every year. He oh, goes nice. out on the Iditarod Trail with the as a photographer, and so he's got all the gear and he's done all the things. And so I'm just kind of along for the ride. But I think for most normal people, yes, you need to baby step into it and just and give yourself time and test out all the gear before right? you're out yeah. there in the middle of nowhere. Yep. Making sure we know what to do with, mm-hmm. you know, the different gear. And do you bring kids, too, on your winter camping trips? Yes. Two kids, 10 and 12, and they love it. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah. So that, that was always my fear because the kids have smaller bodies. Yes. I, yep. it, it makes me a little nervous, you know, at a park mm-hmm. where we have the car. Yes. Uh, and, you know, smart. next will be maybe walk-in camping or haul um, stuff with a, um, with a sled. Yeah. And, and then we can venture into the boundary waters. Yeah. I don't know. It just, it just makes me nervous for some reason oh, but you're inspiring me <laughs> no, I'm not. look at you Lynn inspiring I, someone to get outside to winter camp do you hear this oh my gosh this, this, that will make my husband so happy because uh. he it's his favorite thing to do is winter camping yeah I love it so you so you, you just um, 
you have so much great experience and so and with your job now at the DNR I would love to know what are you doing then to bring more people out to the parks and to and to get people out there who normally maybe wouldn't consider getting out there uh yes yeah, so i uh I, I do have experience i have 20 years of marketing experience uh, half of which i spent promoting outdoor recreation and uh, the other thing i have as you can tell is passion yeah and mm -hmm. uh, knowledge of all these amazing places that we have in minnesota so uh I, I have the dream job, really, as uh, the marketing consultant. I get to promote Minnesota State Parks and Trails, like I was saying earlier. And uh, one of the, the big goals is to uh, invite people who have uh, traditionally not been um, served, uh, you know, or represented in marketing. Uh, research shows that a big barrier to going outside is lack of knowledge. Hmm. So people uh, don't necessarily go places because they don't know. They don't know the trailhead is here. They don't know these trails are here or that you can come skiing here. They don't know about Itasca having the headwaters of the Mississippi or Big Bog State Park. That's another amazing place. Take note <laughs> that uh, it has a mile-long boardwalk through a bog. Wow. Uh, the, oh. I think second largest bog in the United States or, in really? or maybe the largest in continental U.S. It's, uh -huh. it's just amazing. It's a different type of environment. And, you know, you can go to the prairie or... Uh, you know, the cliffs of, uh, over the, the, uh, the Mississippi River in southern Minnesota, the driftless uh, area uh, in southern Minnesota. There, there, again, there's so much to see and do, but uh, if people don't know about it because mm -hmm. they've not, they don't have the information, they don't go there. So uh, I've been making a point of marketing to traditional underserved communities, you know, BIPOC, LGBTQ, uh, and that includes also having the representation. So I've organized photo shoots and video shoots at mm. uh, parks and trails uh, to have all this representation on the marketing material, which uh, I, I really enjoy doing. It, but I get comments from uh, BIPOC people who... Uh, don't know my job and they point out I've noticed that DNR has made such a change and I finally see myself reflected in materials. Mm -hmm. I get emails telling me that. So again anecdotal, right? And I keep hearing comments like that, but yeah, we, we, I do want to see the numbers. <laughs> well, it's, it's just incredible that that effort is even there. I, mean, I just think it's, um, it's fantastic to know that people like you are, are have recognized that this is an issue that needs to be addressed and yeah. are doing something about it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, I just, something. I was going to say, just having met you, I had gone to the DNR website and I had even just looked at what's available for women. And there's a lot more out there than you would think. Yeah. Like there's a whole section for like women woods people or some, I don't know, but it had, I was telling, I was trying to get into this knot tying class and math reading class <laughs> oh, that yeah. Lynn didn't want to do with me. Um, but I waited too long to register oh, for it, no. but that was through the DNR. But like that was of interest to me because it's something that I have always just pushed off on the men in my life yeah. because I never learned as a child. It wasn't something girls did, you know, whatever. And I finally was like, okay, I want to learn. But to know that these things are out there right. and they exist for us mm -hmm. and yeah. they not only exist for women but they exist for everyone yes. so whatever you look like whatever you do whatever you believe whatever your skill level yes if you yeah, can yeah. you can be terrible at all these things which yeah. i am at most things but still that there are things out there that you can feel comfortable 
tr- giving it a try at the very least. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And there's people yeah. like you that are out trying to make things welcoming and accessible, mm-hmm. like even just showing us that you can commute by bike and like kick butt while you do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's actually, I mean, that's a big part of this podcast is is trying to help women and men too who who are maybe afraid to get outside of their comfort zone and get outside and try something new and because and, right. and, you have to be really vulnerable to try something new and especially when you're outdoors you're very exposed and it can feel really uncomfortable sometimes right. even like with the elements because it's too hot or there's bugs or it's too cold For sure you know so um i just think it's i think it's fantastic that the dnr is doing all this great programming and and, and great marketing to to spread the word yeah yeah definitely yeah, and I agree with you. Yeah, about the you know feeling out of like going out of your comfort zone can be so challenging, right? Mm-hmm. It's scary. And you were mentioning knots and map reading. Yeah, is it knots that you? It's uh, something you've always. Uh, Jody tries everything. Oh, I do try okay. everything. She loves to try. I do love new to, things. I do. And is okay. the most courageous person. Yeah. I love it's it. both knots. I'm also a really terrible map reader. Like. I Google Maps. I don't even understand it, quite honestly. I mean, I just it's I get lost a lot of times just with a map on my phone. So right, right. it's something that I, I need both of those skills. We need to talk more. Oh, uh, all right. Because <laughs> actually, you were talking earlier about Jody's transformational moment or experience. Mm-hmm. Well, that's mine. Hmm. Uh, my whole life, and maybe it is because it's a gender thing, but I was told I was uh, directionally challenged. Huh. Uh, my mom was convinced I did not have a good sense of orientation. So when uh, I got a chance to learn orienteering, and I could actually do it, I'm not going to say I'm amazing at it, not even close, but I can do it. I can read a map, at the, a topographic map at the Boundary Waters and use mm. a compass. I, we don't take a GPS. We take a topo map. Wow. I can do it. That's right. That's bad. And I need, that I need, yeah. My, tram- my transformation experience, like, well, you know what? I can do this. Same yes. thing with rock climbing. Mm. Uh, it's like, you know what? I can rock climb. It's not... A guy thing. It's not, yes. you know, something that's impossible that someone else out there can do. I can do it too. Yes. It's just a matter of yeah, believing in yourself. Yeah. Just proving yourself wrong. That's I right. Love that. That's right. Yeah. Oof. Wow. This is good stuff. Oh my gosh. Good, good stuff. Good stuff. We could talk to you all day long, but we are going to. We need to respect your time, so we are going to um, kick it to a really quick break, and then when we come back, oh my gosh, you're so full of tips, but we're going to get your top tip. <laughs> We Do This For Fun is supported by 515 Productions, a high-end video production business based in Minneapolis. The website is 515productions.com. And did you know that Jody is also a health and wellness coach? Check out her website at jodygruen.com. If you like this podcast, we'd love your support. Please rate and review us and hit subscribe. Learn more about us at wedothisforfun.com. Welcome back. So, Veronica, we have established that you like to do a whole lot of things for fun, including like everything. winter <laughs> camping. Um, so, if, as someone who's listening to this fantastic interview, you, you have so many tips. What, what is your top tip to people if they want to try some of the things that you've been talking about? Get out and do it. Don't overthink it. Don't overcomplicate it. Uh, don't need uh, some fancy gear to get outside. Yes, of course, in the winter you'll need to be warm, but uh, you know, start doing it with just a pair of shoes, your regular winter boots. Uh, don't need to spend a lot of money 
uh, you know, biking. We had said uh, already we established, I think I talked a lot about biking, that that is also a, a big thing for me as a regular sport. Again, you know, get out there and do it. Uh, we don't have to make it into such a big deal. Uh, I love the phrase, it's as easy as riding a bike. Yeah. yeah. So, mm. like, it truly is. Yeah if, you, if, yeah, if you are listening to this and you can ride a bike, then, yeah, Veronica, you can do point. anything. Yeah, it truly. Yeah. Just you can take that first step. Yeah, and go go hit the trails. You yeah. know that there's not you know a special club card or kit that you need to to go bike on different trails. You don't even need to bike 30 miles if you bike three miles. That's great. Yeah, it's not ever about you know how fast or how far you go. It's you know how how happy does it make you yes. when you're oh, riding I your bike that. or getting outside. Yes. How happy does it make you? I love that. Now, how fun is it? Because we do this for yes, fun, right? Exactly. <laughs> yes, we do. Oh, Veronica, thank you so much. This has been wonderful talking to you. Oh my gosh. Just brings me so thank much joy. You. Yes, thank you so much. Um, we have thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. I know I'm leaving with a lot of um, places to visit. Yes, I have a maybe long some list new things now. to try, um, some websites to check out. Um, and I'm thinking very specifically now about your, you know, your goal of inclusion and trying to, you know, make sure that that people feel like they're included in their scene. So. I guess sort of a challenge that I'd have with our listeners is for those of you that do spend time outside and um, you go to parks and you visit them frequently, if you see people that might feel trepidation or timid or something like that, just give them a smile. Just make them feel welcome. Like the parks are for all of us. These outdoor spaces are for everyone. Let's follow Veronica's lead and like make the parks a place for all Minnesotans and for everyone um, to come together and enjoy the space, enjoy the outdoors and try something new because this is all about fun. Have a good time out there. As always, we welcome your questions and feedback. Email us at we do this for fun podcast at gmail.com. We'll be dedicating future episodes to answering your questions, so let her rip, whether it's about gear purchases or tampons and IBS in the wilderness. We don't judge. Been there, done that. Nothing is off the table. And thanks for listening.